0: Hello and welcome to the TWI Innovation Network podcast around digitalization and advanced manufacturing, where Chem Selshuk is joined by Geneviève Leveille, CEO of AgriLedger. Together, Geneviève and Chem discuss blockchain technology and as uh, Geneviève <laughs> refers to it, distributed ledger technology. They discuss the advances being made by businesses and the gains to be had and the importance of this technology, the buy-in required, as well as many other things, including the challenges being faced by the lack of standards and so, so much more. Thank you very much to Geneviève for her time and her expertise and her passion on this topic. And we hope you all enjoy this podcast. As ever, please subscribe on your podcast provider and leave reviews where we can. really interested to have your feedback. Anyway, I'll let them get on now. On with the show.
1: Um, uh, thank you very much, Jan Janviert, for joining us. Um, um, you know, this was the series that we had on digital advanced manufacturing, and I'm, I'm pleased that we are... Um, entering into a little bit uncharted territories for us, actually, in this domain. So we thought it would be nice to talk to you on blockchain technology. I know it's been of interest to you. Um, So it would be nice to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about AgriLedger before we start with our dialogue. Thank you.
0: Yes, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Genevieve, and I'm the CEO of AgriLedger. And at AgriLedger, what we're doing is we're using... We, I like to call it distributed ledger technology rather than blockchain. Because blockchain sometimes is like you're calling tissue paper. So the blockchain is the most famous and almost you could call the killer app of the distributed ledger technology. And distributed ledger technology can have various aspects. So sort of like looking at either if it is permission, which means you have rights to read and write, or you have rights to, or it's open. So blockchain technology started obviously with Bitcoin. And then we have had a number of great, um, a number of really great advancement with companies like um, Ethereum. Ethereum really bought in what we call the smart contract and more than a smart contract, with their new language solidi- solidity, they were able to get the galvanization, really the network effect with all the um, developers getting involved and in starting to get into this technology. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of went wild, wild, 2017, 18, and then kind of crashed. And recently, it's been in the forefront again, obviously, because an Bitcoin went from 4000 around September to by the end of January, it was trending at $50,000 per token. So obviously, there is a a fascination with the currency, but I think more than anything else, and this is what we're doing at AgriLedger, is about using this technology, this very novel way of thinking. Well, When I say novel, novel in terms of the forefront, but it's actually old. It's this idea of distributed servers Mm. using uh, crypto messaging, so cryptographic messaging, to string information and also make sure that information is immutable, which means you're always adding information rather than deleting. And no one really has the ability to delete. So that's really blockchain in a nutshell. I've heard it called everything from software in uh, what's called spreadsheets in the sky
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to
0: you know really um, these databases everywhere. But key to this is everyone. Every database is like a node, and there's even something to make people even bit more information It's the Oracle which is the trusted node, which is not on the blockchain, but sends information to the blockchain to make decisions. But the gist of it, this is a technology that allows you to take data and that's the key. Data can be collected and that data can now be trusted in ways that we can't trust what's in the internet because we don't have a validation process. And through this, you can have validation. So if I provide information to you, you say you are a node to say this is true information. And therefore, we continue. Should we find later that there was an error, we can, but we append. We don't delete the information. And that's what's so important about this technology.
1: Hmm. So I think... um you know we are um, we always sort of find ourselves in a manufacturing environment and uh, there are companies obviously supply chain members small medium enterprises to more established large ones tier suppliers and, and and if this is understood as a form of database I'm trying to see how how they can relate to this it's very interesting uh, so they have their common data handling methods they often use uh, management software you know toolkits for uh, for their um, production stroke, even uh, you know client-based data sheets, so they can manage their operations. And um, when they have been doing that uh, relatively successfully, what is the or what would be the incentive for them to switch to this blockchain technology? Uh, what would they what would they gain out of this operation? You think
0: efficiencies they would gain quite a bit of efficiency. Right now, everything is done in my silo and you try to bring your suppliers into your silo and your supplier is going into your silo, somebody else's silo, somebody else's silo. So now imagine that we create a network where your supplier is providing the information and based on who it is that they're selling to, that information is available for the taking. Mm. There's any issue, you can also go back. And so you start being able to append information. Now, that's why I brought in the idea of Oracle, because the Oracle could be your database, your internal database, which has all information and information, which just you want to know about could be your employees data, but that information does not need to go into the network. Mm. But, there might be um, information that you need to get back from the network. So being able to tell, so I'll use as an example, you've done a shipment, you need to know where the shipment is. Right now, you might have to go to DHL or to FedEx or to whomever to see where it is. But imagine that now it was on those suppliers are providing that information And it's related back to your transaction very clearly. Mm -hmm. Or if you have information, let's say you're doing, uh, you're sending something which must have a temperature that must be maintained. Mm -hmm. It might be in the manifest. It might be in the contract. But when it gets to the shipping, is there a slippage there? And if there is a problem, now... Can there be a mechanism by which to alert very quickly, but in a way that can be trusted? And the idea is really to be able to collaborate. So right now, the collaboration can be very clunky because you have to coerce people to participate. But with mm-hmm. this, you can start creating network effects. So the insurance business is doing that already, whereby information, so the 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 consortium agrees as to what is important and through that, start moving that metadata. I call it metadata, but it's really that data to then create a full picture of what has occurred. So we looked at a use case around uh, nuclear waste. You Mm -hmm. would be able to very clearly see provenance and processes throughout the chain the chain of custody all the way to where you put it in terms of uh, for the dumping. But if there was something where you now needed to look at that, that dump, you would be able to tell provenance straight back very quickly without having to go through a lot of paperwork to actually get to that detail. So it's really more data efficiency, trust across uh, different organization. And I hate to say it, it's the wave of the future. It's coming, yeah. so we must as well get be you know behind the ball rather than in front of the ball. So because when that ball cuts, starts balling down, you might get hurt. So best to understand it first.
1: I was going to say, is it is it a phase at the moment when it comes to its usage or popularity, or is it the future? And it sounds like uh, things are going in that direction. Um, One question, I guess, for people, is Is it available? Is it available to adopt readily or do they have to make extra innovations around
0: it? I think that we... So you asked a very interesting question a minute ago, which was, is it a phase or is it a reality? Uh, If you had asked me this last year, My question, my answer would be different because it would still, we have in a space of a year really leapfrogged technology requirements by five years because we ended up taking um, a stance of locking down borders and more than locking down borders of country, we locked down neighborhoods, we locked down, we, we uh, made it to where people could not even go to the store to buy clothes. So now you're talking about a different way of having to manage. So we, as a result, have a different need. The need has ac- ac- accelerated. And as such, that acceleration is ac- actually also accelerated what it needs to happen in technology. However, since this is a technology audience, we also need to be cognizant that technology which is built in a week versus technology which is built in a month is very different. And there is a lot of week being <laughs> done versus months. And I think that um, even myself, you know I have been looking at a fast, Moving Customer Goods Solution and in order to be able to address many issues. So one of the issues that we have is very misunderstood, is that when you're scanning something to custom in the US versus Europe versus Asia, the wave or data capture in the guns is actually different. So there needs to be a synchronization to create to where you have unified data, mm. we didn't need unified data before. Now we need unified data. So those are steps that you need to then make sure that the proper um, what's it called the the proper person, the proper individual, are coding this, and that you have code which is not going to be uh, breached. So I would say that we're probably a year to two years of really having good software. Uh, IBM has been doing a lot of work in the blockchain space. they've been doing something with uh, Walmart for a lot for a while. but again, I actually have always questioned how, the, how deep are they going and how much of the blockchain are they really using because it's important to understand one of the challenges for me in the space is the lack of standards. A lot of people are doing a lot of great things, but it's like we're writing a lot of words, but no one has agreed what the language should be. Mm. And that can be as fundamental as what is, a, what is a solution. So you will hear things like level one, level two, mm. level three, or you'll have people say they are a blockchain. And then when you start looking, all they're doing is doing a hash of certain data into a blockchain component. At that point, they can put it on the public blockchain because it's basically as though I have notarized an event but I'm not telling you everything that happened in that event. Mm. So if we then take it to the next level is how much are you actually telling about the event versus are you writing the whole event into a blockchain? And those, and obviously, once you start saying, I'm writing everything to the blockchain, you then need to ask yourself, what is the uh, security issue? And it's not really a question of security only. It's also a question of USP. I think IP, in my point of view, is something which needs to be revamped completely. We have overused it, This was in the, it was put in the 16, 1623 to be exact as when we started with the concept of IP. We continue to use it as a way of limiting people's access to what we think are innovation. But really what we should be looking at is USB, the unique selling proposition of what we're delivering. And then it doesn't matter what's underlying in terms of the um, innovation, it's really a combination of both your technology, how secure, how um, steady it is. And finally, what is your customer service? And do you understand the process for which you have actually designed this solution?
1: I see. I I think what you mentioned there in terms of standards, I mean, we have seen this in... And manufacturing advanced technologies as well like when additive manufacturing came about it was a a brand new way of making things uh, layer by layer but uh, you know you would almost find your path as you go along and and the standards i think caught up with it um, later on than the actual um, uh, component manufacturing and equipments that were used so there was always a lag in between, and I think it's still a catch-up process in many ways. So for many, yeah. it's too, too new, and the others, it's more familiar, but uh, the, the standards seem to be catching up uh, later when these things come about. Um, I wanted to say, uh, um, you know, when you, see, when you look at uh, uh, blockchain um, uh, as a concept, it's often linked with um, somehow the banking and investment world you know where there's a lot of transactions but they occurring financial transactions and uh, i'm trying to think how can a manufacturing firm um, could could relate to that um, they might just think this is this is something for the banks you know this, this and
0: actually is. it's not actually you see yeah. what happens is that we equate it with finance because of bitcoin and the altcoin so in the 18 2018 2019 a lot of firms actually used the fractionalization of shares by printing tokens to be able to get funding so that created a view that this is for liquidity versus also people don't understand people who think banking is about financial transaction do not understand banking mm. banking is the financial transaction is the ultimate aspect of banking. Banking is about data. It's about contracts. It's about products, which then creates an obligation or a need for funding. So you have an agreement, you have a deposit account, you have a transaction that happens, you have a loan. Because of that loan, there's an interest payment, which is due at a certain point that data, that event, creates a financial transaction. Hmm. The deposit that you have creates you to have money. And because now you have money in your bank account, the banks can now look to release that money. So if you have no money in your bank account, you ain't getting no money out of the bank. And if you don't pay your loan, there's going to be consequences to it. So if we think of it this way, it is banking and finance is actually a manufact very much like manufacturing it's yeah. about processes and events which create something a product so for a manufacturer this is very important because you can now start being able to track where all you know like so what i know systems are great at that but you don't know if you should trust what you're getting and you're getting in the spreadsheet versus if you were connecting to something that somebody cannot change for your supply so all your components you know the components are coming in or the components are going to be late you're getting that information it helps you make decision much faster uh, it allows you if your manufacturing process involves making sure, so I'm going to use what I'm doing in the food industry, that you have met all the fit of sanitary requirements. Let's say you have uh, an event where you have uh, uh, a negative event. You then go ahead, you deal with it, you have it clean, you have a third party come in and certify that it's been clean. That third-party certification can be part of the blockchain process to demonstrate that there is a trusted indiv- uh, organization that's come in. It could say there was an event. It doesn't need to dissolve devolve how long the event lasted, how, what was exactly the event. But from a regulatory standpoint, you can now start having better ways of being able to demonstrate that you're compliancy. And that's one way of doing it. Then being able to tell where your goods are. So using geotagging, using um, things like RFIDs to be able to demonstrate that this is yours, not somebody else, and really reducing the friction that can come in a fraud, because what happens is if, if as a manufacturer, I make something which is very wanted or has high value, there is a bottom dollar that I will bet that there's going to be somebody who's going to try to actually uh, replicate. Not replicate just to go after me against my business and do their own version, but replicate where they use my name and they pass it on as though I have actually done it. So by creating, you know, like it's really, when they talk about 4IR, the fourth industrial revolution, I think this revolution is about really our ability to take various technology and string them together to get the outcome that we we want.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned IP there. It's interesting because you know most people uh, would once they secure an IP a patent and they feel somewhat protected, and there is a process, there is a um, a legal process in cases where there's disputes, um, and they they are used to it. Um, does this need a mindset change and how difficult it can be, uh, you know, for people who are already used to certain ways of protecting their, um, you know, process or products or intellectual property uh, when it comes to commercialization? Um, how yeah. should they be? And is this, I mean, sometimes you, you, you need really the minds to go with it. Uh, even though the technology is there you know there might be a bit of a cultural shock in the first place think,
0: but the cultural shock should already happen I, I apologize china has been copying us forever and then reselling it in our backyard let's go try and go and have an IP fight there good luck
1: so the sure. <laughs> blockchain technology can actually if everybody collaborates openly it could be a very transparent um, database. and has- you, don't,
0: you don't need to say everything about your, you know, you can say what it's made, the material that it's made from, but you may not tell which material you put in first and how, what's the quality of the material and those kind of things, which is where it's going to be your differentiation. I think that uh, patent will continue to exist. Mm-hmm. But if you look at some of the issues that have happened, even around the vaccine, There's a big bomb fight going on right now around the vaccine. What is IP? And also, do we have IP for the good of the world now? Because if you're saying that this is IP and that I have the patent for this drug, that means that we can't replicate it in places like Africa or Southeast Asia who needs it. So therefore, what is your social responsibility? So I think that what happened before IP was easy to do because you had a very small community with, who, with whom you were running. I'm not suggesting we take IP away, but we need to change what is IP about because the fundamental issue of IP also it is, is tied to financial support. If you're going for investment, the investor wants to see that you're protected. But that protection is really ridiculous because... In order to go fight an IP, let's look at the IP fights that have been happening in the last few months. Multi-billion dollars awarded. But is anybody looking at how much was actually spent in terms of waste of legal cost? Mm. How much money went to this? Versus if there wasn't this bomb fight, that money could be used for innovation. So we really need to rethink how we go and maybe take something like which happens in the healthcare industry, which is to say, you have exclusive use of this technology for the first two years. After two years, now anybody else can come in and try and figure it out. Or is it five years, whatever, 10 years. But you then solidify your position. And that also makes people less complacent. Solidify your position in making sure your product is good, you continue to innovate your project, your product, and then you provide a good understanding of the solution that you're trying to do, rather than just throwing something out there and hoping somebody is going to use it. And that's one of my concerns with how we do technology these days in that we kind of like I mean, there's millions now of apps. Which one is better? <laughs> Which one, you know, I was looking the other day for an expense, expense prog program and I started looking and I'm like, okay, this one says it does AI and this one says it does this and that one it does. And I was just like lost because in reality, and then I ended up going back to Expensify. Do you know why? Because they have something called a concierge. So I just go in. And I ask question, and somebody comes back and answers me right away. So is their software better than somebody else? Because I don't know if they do AI or not, but you know what? The consumer service is what got me in because everybody else, I can send the message in. It gives me something and then I can go clean it up. Well, Expensify has been out there since 2006. So some people might say, oh, it's not so new. What they've been doing, everybody else is replicating, but they have done it in a way and they have more integration than many other people do. So this is why I think people should not be looking in the rearview mirror as to who is behind you. Just make sure you're driving and that you have control of your driving. And then just glance at the rearview mirror because it's always good to know who's taking up on you, like the Formula One but make
1: sure you do those laps and get there at the end. Jamia, these are very interesting points and I'm sure the listeners will um, reflect on it um, and and even try to... uh, I think there are some very strong points here in terms of mindset changes and um, the way people approach, how to approach innovation, even how to review uh, an intellectual property in that context. I want to ask you, as agri AgriLedger going forward in this space, and I think you, you've, uh, you, you know quite well, as I understand, what are, what are your ambitions for the, the, the blockchain technology and possible usage cases? Uh, what are oh, your ambitions in this area? Well, my
0: ambitions are very huge. So I'm taking on... Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've come to where I've started growing up, as they say. <laughs> and I realized that what we are offering is really food technology. So it is about, uh, so AgriLedger is about food technology and really uh, partnering with all the different levels of the ecosystem, because the pain points are different at all levels. And the because of those pain points, uh, they brew, you know, so when you have very high challenges, you then start putting the ramparts up and thinking that those who are working with you are also responsible for that. But if you can get everybody working together more in tandem, then you can have better outcomes. So by going into the food technology and looking at what some of the challenges are, we can then work better down with the producers to also make them match. We have a societal problem now, which is around food overproduction. That food overproduction does not result in food abundance. It actually means still people are starving and starvation or food uh, insecurity is not a problem only of Africa and Southeast Asia or poor countries in the Caribbean. It is something in our own backyards. During the pandemic, it was uh, 60% food insecurity in the US. The UK did not talk about the numbers, but by the proliferation of food banks that were necessary, the need to have lunch provided for children and having so much uh, social impact uh, organization looking to create food banking, means that a lot of people continue to have a problem with food insecurity. So how do we deal with food insecurity is one thing, but also food safety is another issue. How do we get nutritious food on people's table, but also make sure that it doesn't make them sick? And those things need both the producers and also the suppliers. So it's really tightening their bond, removing too many intermediaries between them, and creating that trust factor. But then the third thing that's necessary is the financial and liquidity. At this point, a lot of SMEs are reliant on their revenue. And if there are any dip in their revenue, they are not able to actually um, re- recover. So. A lot of people, I don't know if they have heard lately of this thing called NFT, which is a non-fungible token, which means it is a representation of an image. Right now, it's been used mostly in creatives, uh, image, music, but you can imagine it's representative of a production. Mm -hmm. So now if you have a production and you have a certain value of that production, you have an asset, that asset can be digitized. And this is where with AgriLedger also, I am talking to financial institution and financial partners. Because if you can digitize that asset, you can then fractionalize it and then allow for investments to come in. And those investments can be managed in a way where you're actually bringing in access to funding without, with the right risk leverage in there. And then, when basically adding in these aspect of capital injections, which are not currently available, where you may have to get very usury. You know, right now, you may be great, but you have to go to somebody for your lending, and because you're asking, you have to give up more. Versus, if they come, if there's now a marketplace where they're coming to get that, then. You are giving less. Now, what that does require is also regulatory oversight. So there's a lot of it going on right now, but the regulators haven't gotten their arms around it yet, mm-hmm. or their heads. And once they get that, then we're going to see much more rationalization. And that's why for me, uh, unfortunately, 25 years in banking in corporate treasury, I tend to look at these things as processes, not reinvention. Really, processes which already exist, which now can be much more risk, where the risk is lessened because you have more data that gives you information. And then you can make those fundamental decisions. We have to remember, there is a lot of cash sitting idle, a lot of cash that goes through these large organizations, which are looking for mechanism to create, to have the money work. So now we're seeing a lot of treasury departments looking at Bitcoin as a mechanism for investment, but I think tokenized asset is going to be something much more interesting. Like I've been uh, working with an organization called Rebalance Earth and Rebalance Earth is really interesting because what they're trying to do is look at the elephant. So this has been something where Mr. Rath Kiami, which is a, uh, at the IMF, has looked at the elephant, if alive, has $1.2 million of good that he can actually give to the environment, to the carbon offset with the trees and all these things that he's eating, so that regeneration of the carbon offset. So if you kill an elephant, the top price you'll get is 40000 for the tusk. But imagine if now you digitize this asset of an elephant and you're a country like Gabon, and you have a herd of about a thousand, you're now a rich country because those companies who need that carbon offset can buy it off that asset. And that money can then be used to continue in improving not only our carbon footprint, but also the life of those country people in the country. That country can now start building its, its infrastructure, can start building its educational infrastructure and creating a social uh, contract with its population, which mm. provides what they need. So there, and that I think is much more possible to a blockchain technology than having it one database, which is basically hidden in somebody's backyard as well, the internal yard, but that they can make changes whenever they choose.
1: It's um, the digitized asset you mentioned is interesting. The art world is obviously looking into it. And I think it's going forward there. And it looks like you're collaborating with a variety of people um, um, from financial institutions to um uh, businesses in agriculture, um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, I know that you have also collaborated with uh, um, I- innovation centers and research bodies in, in looking at candidate applications, so it looks like, you know, it, there's a lot of cross-sector translations here, um, the concept can be applied to other end-user cases, um, could you give us some examples of the candidate applications that you have pursued, and and how, how do you see them uh, coming to fruition, with the uh, in the innovation?
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure to actually uh, get to collaborate with uh, the uh, TWI Innovation Center because it really um, my my challenge is that uh, or all of our collective challenge is the debt that we've created for ourselves in the last year or we had to create for ourselves as the last year has caused uh, really a drying out of uh, the dollars which are necessary. And I think also um, you and I started the conversation earlier that I think that how innovation is looked at is too narrow in uh, the UK. We need to really give a piece of paper and a pen and allow people to draw and to learn from that drawing and make sure that as long as you have the right people and the right collaborators at the table, that they will continue to basically adjust their thoughts process to come out with the innovation. So we've done some which are purely in the realm of uh, agriculture, looking at sensors with uh, a collaboration. And I think that was the best um, submission that I have ever done. And that was working with your team. And unfortunately, the ODA took us out 20% less, meant that anything which wasn't already approved is not getting dollars. So I wish there were different ways for us to look to fund those and really being able to go to impact investors because there is money to be made. It's not money to be made in two years, but I think within five years, six years, these projects will be um, successful and will have impact both from a social level, but also from a financial level. But the other one that we did, which was very interesting also, was in the fast-moving consumer good. So I should go back and say, I chose agriculture, not because I'm an ag. Cultural expert I'm a financial services process expert I see processes I see you know when you do finance it's not you only get control you have to work with a lot of people from many other parts both internally to your organization but also externally and making sure you understand what they're doing influencing them as need be and then getting to a common good at the end When I first uncovered blockchain technology, I was very fascinated because to me, this was really straight through processing. This was removing people who are doing checks. So you don't need four people, you need two people because the system is doing what the other two extra where they're doing or one extra. So you start removing more people and you might need some, but where you need that one person they are actually delivering something of value, not just taking a piece of the action. So now you start really streamlining your system. And then that means that at the end, there's more money for everybody to split because the pot got bigger. You didn't, the pot stayed. No, it's not got bigger. There was less hands to actually put in the pot. So if you look at that, When I looked at other processes, first of all, I have to say, I'm a foodie, I love food. I I get sick from it, I still go for it. I mean, this is is my problem, I don't give up on food. So uh, I thought, if I'm gonna be going with a new, so you talked about mindset change, if I'm gonna be going to something new, I need to be able to explain it to people on how they understand what I'm actually trying to get to. And if I try to explain to someone, how do you get a drug, which is one of the other projects that we put together, Mm. how do you get a drug from the manufacturer to somebody's arm? It's very fascinating and very relevant today, but still people don't understand how that full chain of custody is important, uh, and we can see it already because there is a number of fraud, there are number of issue. If we look, uh, basically, there's been reneged already from India in the amount of AstraZeneca that they can actually manufacture. Mm. They have not delivered to Europe half of what it is, so the supply chain is going to be kaput with that. Uh, being able to understand where did the batch come from and is there a problem with that batch and being able to recall. We're all getting little cards to, with our for our uh, vaccination. Why are we getting a card? Why aren't we getting an electronic record? Why haven't we really streamlined this to where from the manufacturer to the jab in our arm, we know... This test, this shot was done two months ago. It has been, it has traveled. It's been in the right temperature throughout the whole time. It went from point A to point B, never went to another place. And now we have released it and it's in the arm of someone. And that's exactly this test. We pride ourselves about being such an advanced, uh, you know, Organization or uh, country, both US, you know, I, when I mean we, I mean both US and UK, because those are my countries, mm. but we haven't achieved that. And I hear India is doing it, but I don't know. They're not doing blockchain technology, which means there is still that aspect of somebody can start fudging. How do I know there's no fudging? So that's where with the Innovation Center um, would be, you know, because there is so much more now, the data that can be gathered, not only for what has happened, but f- uh, what I called last year, I unfortunately hate to say has happened. I'm a biochemist by training. I said, this pandemic is like a flu. People were like, no, it's not the flu. I said, it's not the flu. Agreed, because the flu don't kill you that much, but it's going to mutate. We might get lucky, there's no mutation, but this is going to mutate. And when there's mutation, there is a need to continuously advance and create more vaccine for it. And if we don't have the the vaccine for the mutation, you then end up with again another pandemic because people start spreading it out. we need to change how we track things and we need to not have broken things. Like you'll, you have solutions which are on the blockchain, which are registering suppliers or saying these are trusted supplier, but how do you know, okay, I have a trusted supplier that the goods that they have actually manufactured is from them and that they are being tracked on a chain to then get to someone. And when it gets there, what do we know of the effect to then be able to not have hearsay? Like we, it, it was a crescendo of noise around the blood clots with the AstraZeneca because there was a lot of hearsay, but there wasn't any data at first about it. And people were just saying, oh, people are dying from it, which then meant countries after country said, I don't want it. And I think that has also been part of the reason why do manufacturing is behind? Because everybody started, everybody and their mother, France, Italy, everybody said, I don't want AstraZeneca. So if I'm a factory, you're making that noise, I'm gonna wrap down my, my uh, production lines. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's necessary to have, and this is where, I, what I was talking at the beginning, blockchain technology is one component. The other component, which I love on this, actually it's two of them, is AI and and machine learning, because there's a lot of insight that can be had. But then the other thing is now we can start really looking at confidential computing, really hardware, software, uh, data, real data security and cybersecurity coming into place to secure your data. And that is something I would love to be able to do with the Innovation Center. Not sure how we can do that when there's no money on the table.
1: <laughs> I think uh, it looks like there are very many uh, demonstrable cases and user cases here and very relevant in the pandemic times that we're in. Um, I feel that um, perhaps the innovation landscape is not fully um, up to speed with possible advantages and maybe there is a lack of understanding as to what it can do and achieve, but uh, we would hope that uh, I mean, it certainly looks like it, it, there's a lot of collaboration to be had here and people have to work together and, and bring their knowledge um, uh, in a cohesive way um, and the innovation landscape uh, should be a supportive vehicle for this. Um, I think um uh, both UK and European platforms, there ought to be um, efforts in in in, in bringing the blockchain uh, benefits, um, as you said. And uh, I think uh, I guess this discussion should help in in, um, in the, for the community to realize what it can do. But it it, it looks like it's really uh, for many people they just don't seem to pro- possibly get to full grips with it, and that's why when you propose a solution, maybe the understanding is not there to actually uh, warrant the, the benefits, you know. And, um, and we might suffer from that for a while, but I think um, I, I should think that this has been a very informative talk. Um, in, in, and in the next um, discussion, we actually, um, uh, we actually touched on cybersecurity. So I think the two would tie together quite nicely. Um, and hopefully will give insight to many people. Janvier, um, thanks very much for your time. I think we've taken a lot of your time, and uh, uh, there, there's a lot to be discussed, but I would hope that this um, session at least opens up the, the, the talks, and uh, perhaps we can v- revisit this in a while to see what's, uh, um, what has changed, and if you had any future um, uh, good news or uh, whether you had a good response from the... Uh, the projects that you have uh, proposed with the innovation centers. And, and, and we will hope to um, uh, capture that as well. Thanks very much for your time. And um, um, again, uh, uh, we hope that this is an area where people can start thinking about and uh, actually um, uh, getting involved in. Yes,
0: it's been a pleasure. You didn't take a lot of my time. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's always I think that it is important as you say to get the mindset change and to edge and that mindset change is really to education and for me that is part of my mission to make sure that I can bring what seems to be very complex technology to where people can understand and start dreaming the possibility it's like when you first had excel spreadsheet nobody talked why? I can do it on a piece of paper. I can <laughs> add. But now- we are today. <laughs> yeah. So let's think of it that same way. It is True. really in ways undunting seemingly, but it also has brings in a lot of benefits. And what is really makes it possible is the fact that we have faster machines and we have faster throughput.
1: So there's already a good base to to build this on, and and hopefully the collaboration and innovation working together should uh, unlock these uh, these challenges. Um, thank you again, and uh, we hope to speak with you soon. Uh, thanks very much, MBF. Yeah.